everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to episode number eight of Chris's on Infinite Earths here at the Chris and Reggie channel. You can find this program every other Wednesday at chrisandreggie.podbean.com or at weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com. That's where you find all of our stuff. Now today, uh, hey, look at us. We're being relevant. Uh, we're going to be discussing Young Justice number 1 from 1998, the very same day that Young Justice Volume 3 number 1 comes out on the shelves. So uh, you might be in your car right now heading to the comic store to pick up the next uh, the next first issue of this series. So uh, uh, that's a point for relevancy for uh, this show that <laughs> I'm not accustomed to. Uh, this is a, a book I've wanted to discuss for a little while now. Uh, I originally uh, reviewed it on the site on October 18th, 2018, so not very long ago. But uh, I wanted to discuss it because it uh, it facilitates a uh, question uh, I wanted to uh, pose. Because uh, the, thing, the thing about Young Justice and me, uh, I read this as it was coming out. And it was probably my favorite DC book at the time. I uh, looked forward to it every single month, and it always, it always delivered. It was a uh, one of uh, one of my favorite books just out at the time. Um, really uh, introduced me to a whole other area of uh, the DC universe because late '90s is when I was kind of getting my footing in uh, in the DCU. So Young Justice did a lot to uh, help me, you know, get my footing. But uh, the thing of it is, it's one of those books, and, and before I get too deep into this, I do want to do wanna ask a question. Are there any books that you absolutely loved when they were coming out, but you have trouble revisiting them? And, and it's not an indictment on the quality of the book, or even, say, you outgrew the book. There's just something about, like, the gestalt of when it came out that keeps you from enjoying it the same way you did the first time around. Uh, for me, Young Justice, despite being one of my favorites at the time, is just so difficult to revisit. Um, I look at it here, and uh, the cover date September 1998. I would have been 18 years old, so uh, kind of transitional period in my life, you know. Uh, I had just moved from uh, New York to Arizona. Uh, didn't know anybody, was, uh, you know, going from being a student to being someone who worked for a living. I mean, it was a pretty big transition for me. And, and you know, not to mention the whole had my whole life ahead of me thing, uh, which as I'm uh, as I'm pushing 40 with a bulldozer, it's uh, one of those things that that I think about a lot. Um, I, I wonder if that might have something to do with my inability to revisit this with the same kind of glee as I did the first time around. And I I do want to pose that question to you. Uh, is there any era, uh, you know, group of years or whatever, that you have trouble revisiting comics from? Uh, that You know, because I could read books from the late 90s, but if I if I discovered them later <laughs> than the late 90s, I, they, they kind of fall out of that, that gestaltiness, you know? Um but Young Justice was one I was picking up from the start, and uh, and and it's weird because uh, I've tried revisiting it over and over again, even before I started the blog. Um, you know, we're going on three years of the blog, and I would have assumed that Young Justice would have been a big part of the uh, the opening salvo of the blog, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't until just a couple months ago that I covered the first issue. I, I did cover a few issues here and there, but... Uh, I really expected it to loom much larger on the blog, and uh, 
And, and, it, and it's kind of uh, striking that it hasn't um, and probably won't, uh, despite, like I said, how much I enjoyed it the first time around. And it's not just Young Justice. Uh, I, I think about a lot of books that I was reading at that time, and they're all very, very difficult to get back to. Um, things that pop out immediately are uh, the Steve Siegel run on Alpha Flight. Uh, I love that coming out, but uh, I've tried revisiting it, and I just I just can't do it. Um, things like Thunderbolts, uh, Slingers, that uh, Spider-Man's uh, spinoff with the uh, with the four personal or the four identities from Identity Crisis, uh, taking center stage there. That was it Ricochet and uh, Prodigy, uh, Dusk, and another one. <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, I remember loving that book uh, as short-lived as it was, and uh, just can't revisit it. Um, and I, I really think that it's gotta it's gotta have something to do. Because uh, I, I would never suggest that I outgrow anything. Uh, despite getting older, I don't think I've outgrown anything. I think it's just a connection that I make in my mind here, where uh, I'm not the same person I was then, uh, for better or for worse. And instead of having so much ahead of me, uh, I now have a lot behind me. If that, uh, and and I'm and I'm by no means an, an old fellow, <laughs> but. Uh, when you compare, you know, uh, 18 to, to 39, it's uh, a little uh, a little sh- sh- staggering, I suppose. It's uh, definitely a-, a difference in where you are as an individual or as a as a as a grown adult. Uh, things uh, things do change there, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes things that you really enjoy just uh, they don't come along, or they, or they they do come along because they're there, but. Uh, you just can't uh, you just can't appreciate them the way you did when you were when you were in it, I guess. Um, now th- this is going to be a back heavy episode. Uh, we're going to discuss Young Justice number one. We're going to uh, get all of our thoughts out there, do the synopsis, all that good stuff, and then uh, at the end of the show, since this is the first episode of 2019, I thought it might be fun to do a little bit of reflecting on uh, well, basically the year in cosmic treadmill for 2018. Wanted to share my five, I don't want to say favorite or top, but five episodes that I, I think uh, that I think are really worth checking out if you've slept on them. Um, I, I know we've gotten new listeners over throughout the year, and uh, we did put out 51 episodes of Cosmic Treadmill, so just saying listen to them all, <laughs> it kind of seems like a, like a jerk move, but... Uh, I do want to give uh, five that uh, that I think are definitely worth your time if you are new to the show and would like to get a little bit of uh, what we're all about here at the Cosmic Treadmill. So we're gonna go right to Young Justice after the horns, and then we will uh, we will do the top five at the end of the show. Okay, Young Justice number one, cover dated September 1998. Title is Young Comma Just Us. Writer, Peter David. Pencils, Todd Nock. Inks, Larry Stucker. Colors, Jason Wright with separations by Dis- Digital Chameleon. Letters by Ken Lopez and editor, Eddie Berganza. This one came with a cover price of $2.50. Now we open with a trio of bad dreams. In the first of these bad dreams, we have Robin losing his hand after it was eaten by some killer cockroaches. No bother, though, because Batman's there behind him, and he just slaps a batarang on his wrist and calls it good. In the next bad dream, Superboy is flying alongside Superman, and he suddenly sprouts glowing angelic wings. 
And then in the last, Impulse hulks out. Uh, he literally turns into a Hulk. And, uh, you know, I did say this is by Peter David, so uh, in case you didn't pick up on that, these bad dreams feature things that have happened in other books that he'd been working on. You know, we did have Aquaman losing his hand and getting a hook, not a battering, but a hook. Uh, Supergirl was a fallen angel with glowing wings, and of course, you know, the Hulk is uh, Hulkish. But, you know, like I said, these are just bad dreams, so nothing to actually worry about. Uh, the three heroes actually wake up simultaneously, and we can see that they're camped out at the Justice League's old Happy Harbor cave hideout. They're awake all of uh, 30 seconds when the Impulse realizes that he's bored. But we'll get back to that. First, we're going to shift scenes to a conveniently nearby architectural dig, where we meet an archaeologist named Nina Dowd, and she's checking out some strange findings in the form of a tire. So there was a tire buried at this dig, and no sooner does she touch it than everything goes boafoom. We jump back to the cave, and uh, as you might imagine, Impulse is still bored. As such, he decides to, well, uh... Rush off, uh, grab a can of spray paint, and proceed to tag up the joint. Uh, probably wouldn't have been my first impulse, no pun intended, but uh, really, what are you going to do? Heck, he, he even writes disparaging remarks about the band Hanson on the chest of the uh, Red Tornado, the, you know, the hollowed-out husk that they think is the Red Tornado. They put He puts Hanson Bites, which kind of dates the book, but what are you going to do? Now, wouldn't you know it? This is all it takes to wake the Red Tornado up, which scares the bejesus out of the boys. He takes a moment to give the kids the once-over before deducing that together, they epitomize the Freudian concept of the id, ego, and superego, which, you know, I'll give it to you, that's an interesting way to look at these three. Reddy then reveals how he ma- they managed to wake him from his self-imposed slumber. You see, they simply annoyed him to the point where he has this intense urge to smack all three of them. So, that woke him up. And now he's awake, and uh, I guess he's kind of indebted to these young fellas. Impulse checks the monitors, and he learns of what we saw going down at the dig site. The foursome head off to check into it. But unfortunately, DEO agents Donald Fight and Ishido Mad have already arrived. And they believe that they're in control of the situation. And, uh, yeah, their their names are really Fight and Mad. Uh, I, I think I mentioned that Peter David wrote this, right? Uh, Now, Bart, seeing a strange crystal, heads into the crater anyway. Mad doesn't hesitate to squeeze off around in his direction, which is kind of, kind of, kind of a, uh, a bold move there, kind of an exaggeration. Uh, Thankfully, Superboy swoops in for the deflection, and Impulse vibrates his way into the crystalline cocoon, which explodes. When the dust finally settles, we see that Nina Dowd, the archaeologist, was inside it, though now she's calling herself... Mighty endowed. Mighty endowed, because, uh, well, um, well, her boobs got really big. Uh, actually so big that she can't support them, so she does faceplant. Uh, Robin tries to take control of the scene, and he's approached by a goofball reporter from the local news station. Now, it's funny, this guy refers to them as the Teen Titans, and, uh, I mean, really, why wouldn't he? He's these three young superheroes that stands to reason they would be Teen Titans. Uh, He is corrected, and after a couple of misunderstandings, our heroic trio is anointed as Young Just Us, or better better known as Young Justice. We jump back to the hole where Superboy spies that big old tire sticking out of the dig, 
and he decides to yoink it out. And that reveals that it's attached to a uh, pretty gaudy-looking vehicle, which he decides to call the Supercycle. Robin wonders why just touching the thing would have turned Nina Dowd into the uh, ample-bosomed beastie they nearly had to fight. Uh, Robin then takes a closer look and winds up getting trapped in the seat. Despite Cone and Bart's best efforts, it looks like he's stuck. The supercycle then takes off, leaving the DEO, Red Tornado, and the media behind. And that's it. So yeah, despite my inability to enjoy this quite the same way as I did when I was 18, uh, I still had a good time with this. This is still pretty fun stuff. Um, I'm sure, you know, like I said, I did appreciate it more when I was younger, but uh, I I can't say that I didn't like it now. It's just, uh, it's just different. (laughs) Now, like I rambled on about during the open here, you know, uh, and and, and one of the, one of my chestnuts here that I say a lot is that, uh, you know, comics history is also our history, you know, Uh, just like any hobby, any collectible, any pastime, you know, your life kind of intermingles with it and uh, you kind of... You kind of follow the same wavelengths at times, but I, I always kind of I always kind of put the caveat on there that comics come out monthly and uh, are are labeled as such. So it's kind of easier for us to tie where we were at certain times uh, with uh, with our hobby, our passion, our obsession, whatever you want to call it. And I think it's a shame that I can't look at this. Uh, I can't take myself out of this to. Uh, to look at this book as what it is, as a, as a comic book. I I can't not connect it to where I was at that point in time. And that's usually uh, to to a book's benefit, you know? Uh, when I th- when we, If you've listened to the other episodes where we discussed, like, the death of Superman, I mean, that had a very, uh, a very big part of my younger collecting days. And uh, the era and the books are intrinsically tied, and that's to the book's benefit... In my own hindsight, because I can connect these, uh, I can connect this era with this book, and it's great. But with this one, it's different. And anything that I guess that I experienced initially between 1998 and maybe 1999 or 2000, they're always going to be a little bit more difficult, which is unfortunate. Um, so if nothing else, I feel like I'm being a little unfair to this book because uh, it is a lot of fun, and I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people would get something out of this. Uh, this is uh, this is some good stuff. Uh, it's it's you know chuckle funny. It's you know you'll you might get a few laughs out of it. It's it's good stuff. Um, and I definitely recommend it. We get a little bit of you know inside baseball. You get the whole uh, everything that Peter David worked on. You know you get a little bit of that, which eh, you know what are you gonna do? It's it's there, but. Uh, I, I know I enjoyed that more when I was a teenager as well, but uh, it, it's good stuff. Um, we get a couple of decent puns here. We get fighting mad, of course. We get Miss Endowed <laughs> becoming, you know, Nina Endowed or whatever it is. Silly stuff. Harmless, but silly. Um, I'm guessing that the uh, big-bosomed woman probably won't make the uh, the first issue of the Bendis run. I'm, I'm, I, I think that that's a, a relic <laughs> of times past. Now, overall, despite everything I said about my inability to connect with this the same way I used to, I, I give it a very high recommendation. I would suggest maybe looking for the trade if you can, uh, because this, despite being really good stuff, is very much a chapter one. You know, this is definitely... 
we're, we're not even to where we're going to be yet. So this is uh, good stuff, good chapter one stuff, but uh, I think you'd get a whole lot more out of the trade. So uh, if you're in the market for it, definitely, definitely give it a shot. Okay, now let's do a little bit of reflecting here. Not, you know, it's something we certainly don't do enough of on this show. Uh, we're going to go through the top five episodes of Cosmic Treadmill from 2018 that I, uh, I think anyone new or folks who might have slept on these episodes should uh, maybe give a listen to. Um, going to start out with some honorable mentions because that's the way we kind of cheat and fit you know, an uneven number of recommendations into something. Um, my first honorable mention is a very recent episode. It's our uh, Christmas episode where we discussed a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer comic book. That was uh, episode 121 from December 23rd of this last year. Now, I'm not sure if you folks have listened to uh, comics podcasts for a very long time. I, I have been listening for a long time, and uh, some of my very favorite episodes of the shows I've listened to have been the Christmas specials. That's uh, kind of like my, my favorite episodes of a lot of sitcoms <laughs> that I watch are generally the Christmas episodes. There's just something very special about those. Um, living out here in Arizona, we don't really get you know the classic white Christmas or even, uh, even a necessarily cold one. Um, so... It's a uh, it's a weird thing when uh, <laughs> when I'm sitting in my car in the middle of summer and it's 120 degrees outside, 133 degrees inside, and I I just download a random show that I listen to and it's a Christmas episode. It's a uh, it's got some of that odd magic and <laughs> a very strange juxtaposition from uh, what I'm looking at, which isn't terribly different from what I'm looking at in December, but uh, it's just a it's a lot of fun to do, and I always wanted to be a part of one of those episodes. And we've done Christmas specials before. In 2017, we did Christmas with the superheroes. Uh, then we did a little funny haha with the ambush bug uh, earlier this year, uh, the ambush bug, ambush bug stocking stuffer. Uh. But I gotta tell you, neither of those actually felt like Christmas shows. Uh, Despite the fact that uh, Christmas with the Superheroes was, you know, recorded, written, and, uh, I guess, performed right before Christmas in 2017, it wasn't until this year, when we did Rudolph, that uh, it actually felt like, in a weird way, we were having our own little Christmas party. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very, very... Uh, it's one of the episodes that I'm not going to ever forget doing, because... Uh, we're at, we're at episode 120 something now, and there are some episodes that uh, I'll be honest with you, I I can hardly remember doing. <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing when you when you get a when you get like a I guess a body of work <laughs> and you just uh, forget some bits and pieces of it. But this Rudolph episode felt really Christmassy to me. It was very uh, very much a Christmas special, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that one and. I wouldn't recommend listening to that one right away, since we're kind of just getting out of that kind of mindset. But uh, definitely one that uh, that I enjoyed and is very special to me. Another honorable mention, uh, also in the Christmas vein, is uh, the Save by the Bell episode we did just a week before Rudolph. That was episode 120, December 16th of last year. And uh, it's funny, we've been... Tr- Kind of threatening each other back and forth with doing a Saved by the Bell episode. We're both big fans, in case you haven't listened to the episode, because uh, it would be pretty clear there. We've been kind of going back and forth with when to actually pull the trigger on the Saved by the Bell episode. 
And it just so happened that uh, Reggie suggested it early in December, and it was the day that I was... I have a ritual every December where I will watch various Christmas specials to kind of get myself going for the for the for the season. And uh, one that I always watch is the two part Saved by the Bell uh, episode where uh, Zach finds the homeless family and they they take them in and all that stuff. And it just so happens that Reggie suggested we do the Saved by the Bell special the day I watched that episode. And uh, it's funny that it was you know part of the Christmas tradition. To watch say that that episode of Saved by the Bell, and then it turns into watching more episodes of Saved by the Bell, and jumping back to the Miss Bliss episodes. It's uh, the timing was just very interesting, and uh, had a lot of fun with that one. That one was a blast to uh, to do a lot of a lot of research that was kind of eye opening because uh, I think that was the first time either of us had heard the original theme song for the Good Morning Miss Bliss uh, pilot. And uh, I'm sure it was the first time either of us have actually seen the pilot, the Zach Morris-less uh, Miss Bliss pilot with uh, uh, Urkel and uh, David Silva from uh, 90210. It's, uh, it was a real treat to, uh, to broaden <laughs> our Saved by the Bell Horizons and uh, learn a little bit more about a, a show that's uh, special to uh, both of us. Now, the final honorable mention is... Uh, our run of uh, Hal Jordan's Action Comics. Now, that was a four-parter, ran episodes 114 through 117. It was the entire month of November, uh, November 4th through 25th. Now, this one actually started as a germ of an idea about two and a half years ago. Um, I was originally uh, pitching this as a regular column over at uh, DCInThe80s.com. I really wanted to uh, share these Hal Jordan-centric uh, chapters of Action Comics Weekly. I thought that there was a lot there um, that maybe some uh, newer fans might have slept on, even maybe some fans who just weren't paying attention to Action Comics Weekly weren't uh, aware of. Uh, I mean, you have you know Hal Jordan meeting Oprah. I mean, that that's, that's just sounds so weird, it's almost impossible, but... Uh, it happened, so uh, um, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do this series um, over at uh, over at DCInThe80s.com because uh, it really didn't work with my site because uh, at Chris's on Infinite Earths I try to discuss books cover to cover, so that includes that includes backups, that includes bonus books, that includes sketch pages, that includes letters pages, uh, articles, any anything in there that I think's worth that's worth commenting on. I'm going to include for uh, completionist's sake. I like having as complete a package uh, available as possible. Um, I, I see the site kind of as a uh, as maybe like a, a, a place someone could research. You know, like if uh, if you wanted to know something about an issue that wouldn't be on the Wikipedia page and wouldn't be on the DC Wikia, uh, you could come theoretically come to my site and. Uh, and, and learn something about, or fill in a hole in your memory, or, or whatever that is. And uh, and so, for me to do that on the site, I would have to do the entirety <laughs> of Action Comics Weekly. And those are some thick comics. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, and uh, there's plenty of stuff in there that, that really doesn't interest me. Um, I... I I, I, I don't know how I could get through, you know, all those Blackhawks and all those Deadmans and all those uh, Phantom Strangers. And, uh, 
So I, I planned on pitching this over at DC in the 80s, but uh, I just never got my stuff together to do it. Um, you know, I think about writing a blog post every day, and it doesn't seem like it's all that much, but when you're done with uh, like a deep dive blog post, you're really kind of just done with comics for a little while. You know, <laughs> you need to go outside for a little bit. You need to go for a walk or... Uh, or uh, make lunch or something. You need to just separate yourself from it. So, it wasn't uh, it wasn't to be. And uh, I'd actually checked the uh, draft that I'd written, and it was dated sometime in June 2016. So, really, really long time in the making. And uh, decided, you know, it might make a fun episode or two of uh, of the treadmill. And uh, turns out, it you know filled an entire month. Four episodes where we went through the entirety. Of Hal Jordan's action comics, uh, up to and including the uh, the alternate ending by Neil Gaiman. So uh, that was a lot of fun to do. Learned a lot during that one, um, and uh, really uh, really enjoyed it. And I, I think uh, I think folks might too, because I think that's an era of Hal Jordan that a lot of folks have slept on. I think that that's because I'm sure it's not <laughs> in continuity anymore. But uh, I think a lot of folks might have slept on that and. Uh, I think you can get a little bit of enjoyment out of that, maybe a chuckle or two. Now we jump into our actual top five here. Uh, number five is going to be Nightwing number 93 from 2004. We'd covered that one on episode 98. That was July 8th, 2018. And this was the issue where uh, Nightwing gets uh, they get sexually assaulted by Tarantula. Um, this was... Uh, Controversial then uh, It's still controversial today uh, And we Were kind of uh, of a couple of minds Handling it uh, We weren't sure quite What the reception to uh, to covering this book Was going to be um, Because when you talk about this issue You also have to talk about the writer of the issue And that's Devin Grayson And uh, a lot of uh, A lot of her story could be uh, I don't want to say her story could be controversial But it could It it could be polarizing, I, I suppose. Um, it could be, uh, it could just be uncomfortable, I should say. Uh, and uh, we weren't sure quite how to handle that, uh, but we do what we always do. We uh, we were very even-handed, I believe, in our uh, in our approach. Though we did read those uh, those <laughs> those excerpts from Inheritance, which. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, Inheritance is a in-continuity DC, gra- DC novel, a prose novel, written by Devin Grayson, wherein um, there is a kind of a, an implied attraction between Green Arrow and Nightwing. Um, there are some very, very strange issues between Nightwing and Batman. And there's the revelation that Nightwing is a pain junkie. He likes... Pain or a touch junkie. I'm sorry. He likes being touched. He's a touch junkie, and uh, <laughs> that was a very, very odd episode, and uh, one that the, uh, the sometimes the research makes an episode, and that that was one where the research did make the episode because there was a a lot of hot takes and a lot of uh, I don't want to say analysis, but there was a lot of uh, discussion, a lot of conversation. And uh, that also led us to uh, the hook for that episode, which was uh, uh, times where fans uh, expressed backlash. Because uh, you know us comic fans, we never do anything like that. 
But uh, we, we discussed a few instances of uh, fans turning on the pros, and it was a uh, that was a very interesting and uh, enlightening bit too. That was a lot of fun to uh, to uh, research. Um, they were mostly at hand, but uh, digging deeper and getting you know dates and actual uh, firsthand um, reactions was a was a lot of fun, and, uh, and 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 I hope it was informative. Number four, Captain and the Game Master. Number one. Now, this one was episode 106, September 9th, 2018. This one, it was a... I'm going to say this one a little bit later, too. This was a gimme. Uh, We thought this was going to be a short, just a quick episode where we have a little fun with a uh, licensed Nintendo comic book. But uh, what it turned into was a full-blown examination of, uh, you know, the the, the rise, fall, and re-rise of Valiant Comics, of Valiant Entertainment. Um, really deep dive on just where what what the market looked like to facilitate such a thing from happening, and uh, and also the, the crash that caused it to uh, to go down. Uh, a lot of fun with that episode. A very uh, it could have been a, a weird comics history all on its own, just with a uh, you know Captain N and a little bit of a Nintendo E capper on it. Number three. Gymnastics number one from 1984. This was episode number 82, March 18th, 2018. Now, uh, it's kind of uh, what the show could be all about. It's just very, very strange and novel comics. Where, uh, I mean, this is a book called Gymnastics about an Olympic gymnast who takes some sort of like a rubber, uh, he takes like a rubber. Inoculation from he takes an inoculation from a rubber tree plant, and so he's able to jump really high. This one was interesting because it was just one of those out of nowhere type of books, and uh, you just you just don't know what you're going to get sometimes when you're digging in the bins. And uh, this issue and this episode was kind of a celebration of that because uh, for the hook for that episode, I actually reached out to our friends on Twitter and on Facebook to share. With us, their weirdest finds in the in the cheap the cheapo bins, the twenty five cent bins, and uh, let me tell you, we got a lot of responses from folks wanting to share these strange and novel and wonderfully <laughs> odd uh, offerings, and uh, it really lets you know that there is more to comics than the mainstream. And uh, when you think about going back to the eighties, how it was comparably, it was the wild wild west. You know, there really wasn't as much uh, corporate lordship over the uh, over the industry, uh, uh, you know, at least insofar as you know, where everything's kind of like a movie IP these days instead of you know something that lives and dies on the uh, on the stands. But uh, gymnastics was a a lot of fun. Um, it was one that it was difficult to research for because there just wasn't a whole lot out there. Uh, we did find little bits and pieces that were kind of silly, kind of tasty. <laughs> we had uh, we uh, the writer um, blamed the failure of gymnastics on the fact that it was announced at the uh, same convention as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, uh, if not for the Ninja Turtles, uh, gymnastics might be something very huge today. But uh, 
I, I guess we, we picked the wrong timeline. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, the writer, uh, Bill Mitchell, uh, wrote to us. He found the episode, uh, and he listened to it. And uh, we, we weren't very kind to the book, um, because it is kind of silly. But uh, he said it uh, gave him a few laughs, and we definitely appreciate that. That's kind of the spirit it was done in. We really didn't want to, you know... Crap on what this guy did This guy's work But uh, we did call it silly And we did discuss that uh, Sometimes the art was a little bit lacking And uh, I I think we were fair with it And I think he realized that it was all done in fun So uh, I think that was a a win Number two Mad number four from 1953 This is another relatively recent one This is episode 118 Originally uh, up there December 2nd of 2018 and this one, uh, this was a very, very Reggie-heavy episode. Uh, Reggie's been wanting to do an episode on Mad for a while, and uh, I'm glad we were finally able to because he, he went hog wild researching the uh, the ins and outs of uh, Mad Magazine, uh, where where it came from, all the knockoffs, everything. It was just a a masterclass in in Mad Magazine, and. Uh, had so much fun, and I think that outside of my number one pick, I, I think I learned the most from that episode than any other that we've done, uh, at least on the treadmill side of things. Uh, it was a, a blast doing the issue. This was the Super Duper Man issue, and uh, there was also a, a, a Phantom knockoff in there. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff in there. and uh, But just the information um, and the history... And it wasn't even a complete history, because I, I think this is a subject we could revisit time and time again, and I, I hope we do, because uh, the story is just so much fun. The story of Mad Magazine uh, is a lot of fun, and uh, it really shows a side of the comics industry that we might not think about, you know, because I think we kind of compartmentalize that as a magazine, um, even though it did start off, you know, comic trim and all that stuff, so... I think this is a part of comics history that often gets overlooked uh, by, you know, people like me, standard superhero fans. People like me might overlook uh, the significance uh, of Mad Magazine, not only on the industry, but on uh, on the very concepts of parody and satire as well. Uh, Mad Magazine is very important to uh, to the culture, in a way. It's uh, It kind of wrote, wrote the book on, on satire, and had a blast learning all about Mad, and that's uh, that's why it is my second top episode from uh, 2018. And that takes us to episode, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the top episode of the year, and that was Kill Image, number one from 1993. This was episode 93 from June 3rd, and uh, Kill Image is a, it's a book from Boneyard Press, uh, the the company of Hart Fisher. Hart Fisher did the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer comics back in uh, the early two. Th- I'm sorry, the, the early '90s, which caught a lot of flack. Uh, he was on several talk shows, on uh, several news shows. Um, you know, people would gather in, in his yard. <laughs> people really did not take kindly to this book, or to the Dahmer book, I should say. Uh, Kill Image is the story of a frustrated comics creator who goes and kills three of the Image founders. <laughs> That's uh, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, and Jim Lee. 
Uh, it's graphic, it's gory, it's cruel, it's mean. And, and in a way, it's, uh, it's a wonderful piece of uh, post-underground comics, uh, in a way. I, I, I look at Hart Fisher, and I call him a post-underground pioneer, because this is a guy who really played... He, he played outside the rules here. He was totally outside the mainstream, and uh, he was so far out of the mainstream that the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund would not help him in his, uh, in his legal pursuits because he was sued a lot. Um, now, when we started that episode, that was one that we were a little bit nervous about um, because of the uh, controversy. I mean, it's got pictures. The, the cover of it is... Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, and Rob Liefeld with their eyes crossed out. It's a photo, photo cover. So we weren't quite sure how that would be uh, received uh, by the uh, listenership and by you know, social media uh, in, in, in some. But uh, this was going to be uh, kind of like Captain N. This was just going to be a gimme. This was going to be a quick funny ha-ha at a strange relic of the uh, early 90s. Just a strange book. Um, that, you know, you blink and you missed it because I've only seen this book in the wild one time and it was the time that I bought it. It was going to be a quick, funny, ha-ha, silly look. But uh, it's funny, that was the very week that we were discussing, Reggie and I were discussing how much time we put into these shows. Um, one of our, you know, taglines, if you follow us on Patreon, is that we put 30 to 40 hours worth of research into every episode and that's certainly true. But uh, for Kill Image was the the first time that I actually, I I clocked in. I actually jotted down the times I started and stopped working on this script. And in a, and the research, of course. And in a week's time, I had put almost 70 hours of research into, uh, not so much Kill Image, but Hart Fisher. This, this man has an incredible story. Um... He is a uh, he's a First Amendment warrior. You know, this is a guy who fought for his right to uh, to create comics, and it, it's it's kind of one of those things that you can't even wrap your head around in in 2018, 2019, where it seems like everything you know everything's a free for all. You could do anything you want, but uh, back in the early 90s, you were you were a paying a premium to do so because there was no internet to put your comics on. You were also, if you're Hart Fisher, you are biting the biggest hand in comics at the time. You're actually going against Image. And uh, there was a follow-up to this called Kill Marvel, where he went against Marvel. But uh, this, is a, this is a guy who really put his money where his mouth was. And, uh, you know, walked the walk. And he, his story is very inspiring. Um, and I was worried when we started that this was going to be one that we couldn't share with... Uh, we couldn't tag him. You know, uh, <laughs> if we do cover books where we are favorable towards a book or towards a creator, we'll, we'll sometimes tag them. We don't often tag people. It's, uh, if I don't know if anybody's noticed, we generally don't tag people uh, when we share our work. But uh, we were almost certainly not going to share it with Hart Fisher until we put in the, you know, 70 hours worth of work and uh, realized that we were telling the life story of a man uh, or the professional comics life story of a man um 
And, and, it, and it's a wild ride. It's an absolutely wild ride. And I recommend, if you haven't heard that episode, or if you have any interest in in this kind of a thing, definitely check that episode out. Uh, so we, we did... I, I thought we did him justice, and we did tag him. And <laughs> we didn't get any kind of response. Uh, but then, uh, about a month and a half later, I, I see in my Twitter notifications that she retweeted with a comment and said... I, I just started listening to this podcast where they describe my work as cruel. This is going to be interesting. And uh, it's one of those, like, you got to change your pants moments because it's like, uh-oh, we're in trouble now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was sitting there kind of clenched for a couple hours. And then after, probably later on that afternoon, he sent another message thanking us for what we did. Um he, uh, he was very appreciative of the amount of research and the, the level, the, the, the even-handedness that we took with his career. And uh, I'll tell you, if, if, I've, if, I, if I had one episode to bring with me to a desert island, I think that might be the one, because uh, it, was, uh, it was quite an experience uh, in, in researching the entire life of a person that comics kind of uh, overlooks. Um, this is a this is a guy that I think a lot of the people pushing the envelope today need to look to because this is the guy who did it first and uh, perhaps did it best. Um, I definitely think that Hart Fisher's story is one worth knowing and uh, and one worth uh, one worth sharing. So that is my top five plus a few uh, honorable mentions of episodes of Cosmic Treadmill from 2018 that I think you all should check out. Uh, that doesn't take into account the uh, dozen or so episodes of uh, Weird Comics History, which those are other you know deep dive research episodes. Or uh, we did the three part Marvel Man Miracle Man bit, which was a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot of legal jargon there. Uh, so if you're interested in that, definitely check that one out too. But I think I've gone on long enough here, so uh, we'll jump right into the regular closing spiel here. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us here, you can get us at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. We've also got that Patreon, patreon.com slash chrisandreggie. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cosmictml. We're, we're also on Twitter at cosmictml. You can find Reggie at reggiereggie on Twitter, and I'm at Ace Comics. You can check out the archives over at weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com, and I will link to uh, the top five in the show notes, so uh, make it a little bit easier for everybody. Uh, you can check out the show that the, the site that this show is named after over at chrisisoninfiniteearth.com. And uh, if you have any book from the blog you'd like to hear me discuss, definitely drop me a line. If there's a book on the blog you'd like to come on and discuss with me, hey, also drop me a line. We'll see if we can work out. I uh, had a great time visiting with you. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Um, if you do go out and buy uh, Young Justice number 1 today, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I hope I enjoy it. So <laughs> we're in the same boat. Uh, so long for now. See ya. <laughs>